0: What's up guys my name is Ria and today we're going to go over how to make a lot of money using sales calls if you're just starting out. So first we're going to go over the four things you need to have a really good sales call and then the five steps to making your first sale. So a little bit about me when I first started doing sales calls out of the first 100 calls I did I only closed one and made $500. That's way below minimum wage that's that's a horrible rate. But now with that same offer, I close five out of six at $5,500. i am even testing a price of 9800 now, and people seem to like that even better than the 5500 offer. So I'm going to show you exactly how I did that. So let's get started with the four things you need to get really good sales calls. So the first thing you're going to need is you're going to need a good prospect on the call. What do I mean by that? Well, if the prospect does not have the financial resources to buy your product, they not necessarily a good prospect for because the number one objection you're going to get for people who do not have the financial resources is not enough money. Now for rich people, it's gonna be not enough time, but for most people, it's gonna be not enough money. So you wanna make sure the prospects you're on the call with have the financial resources to invest in your program. Now for me, when I first started and I was taking those 100 sales calls where I only closed one, part of the reason is is that I was pitching people who did not have the financial resources to invest in my program. So once I cut that off and I only started talking to people who did have the financial resources to invest, I saw an instant improvement. That wasn't all the way there to five out of six yet, but we caught a lot more growth just from that one small thing. Okay, so good prospects includes having the financial resources. It also includes someone in your niche, of course, right? You want to make sure that they're interested in what you're pitching. Sales calls means a call that someone else books to talk to you about your product. So I'm not talking about cold calling someone else, no, no, no. I'm talking about someone else sees something online about you and they book a call to speak with you about your product. So they're probably going to be somewhat interested in your niche. Now, the second thing you need to have a really good sales call is a good offer. Here's the brilliance of this. If you're starting out, you may not have a good offer to begin with. Right now, if you're applying for a sales position, they're going to give you good prospects and they're going to give you the offer, so You don't have to worry about this. But if you're starting your own business, you're going to need to have an offer that you're going to be selling someone. And what is a good offer? Well, a good offer is essentially anything that the prospect wants. So here's what I recommend you're doing if you're starting out. Have that offer that you plan on selling, like have that prepared. And then when you're on the call, when you're selling to your prospect, especially for like your first five clients, when you're making those first five sales, What you want to do is when you're selling them, you pitch their offer. Now, then have a back and forth about the different objections they have and add more stuff to your program, add more stuff to your offer to fulfill their objections. Yes, adding more stuff is going to take more time. But if it's your first five clients, you should have the time for that. So you can keep improving your offer based on what is needed to get those initial clients that you want to get. So we have good prospects, we have good offer. The third thing you need to have a good sales call is good listening and conversation skills. Now, sometimes people have a script that they got online or somewhere which has 20 different questions and they just read through all 20 questions. That's so boring. No one wants to be interviewed with 20 different questions. It's going to be boring for you, boring for your prospect. It's just it's just going to be horrible. Don't do that. What you want to do instead is have a couple of questions and then based on what they tell you, ask follow-up questions. If you watch some of the greatest interviews out there, different podcasts and everything, everything. The host keep asking follow up questions because that was create an interesting conversation. Now with your prospects, obviously you're not creating a podcast, but you do want to have an engaging conversation with them, and you do want them to know that you're listening. So be sure to ask a few questions and then have a back and forth conversation. Now we're going to get into how to have those conversations in a second and what to talk about, but make sure you're not just reading off a long list of questions. Make sure you have a back and forth conversation by asking follow ups to whatever it is they're saying. And the fourth thing you need to have a really good sales call and this is going to be a little bit counterintuitive, but stick with me here, is you need a pipeline to be consistently getting more sales calls. And here's why. If you only have one sales call in the books, you're essentially going to be like so stressed about it, being like, I have to get the sale, I have to get the sale. There's not going to be an abundance, and your prospects are going to feel that clinginess coming out of you, right? If you have a bunch of sales calls lined up, or if you know how to keep getting more, you're gonna feel less inclined to sort of force this and you're gonna feel more open. You're gonna be listening better. You're gonna just be a better listener. You're gonna be a better sales rep or a better business owner if that's what you're doing. If you have a pipeline that's continuously getting more and more sales calls, that's actually really gonna help you do better on every single sales call. Now you might be like, Ria, I'm just starting out. I don't have that pipeline. It's okay, right? You don't need all of these things, But if you do have that pipeline, you're gonna be able to feel comfortable trying new things and you're gonna feel less stressed about every single word that you're saying, right? You're not gonna stress about, do I say this word this way or this way? Am I saying this right? Are they feeling, you're gonna be a lot more calm because that stress comes from the lack of abundance. It comes from the scarcity of not having that many sales calls. So if you can constantly generate more and more sales calls, you're gonna have that abundance and you're gonna feel more flow. So those are the four things you need to have great sales calls. Now I'm gonna tell you the five steps to making your first sale. So, you're gonna have your prospects, they're you know, they go through your online system, they show up on a sales call with you. How do we close them? how do we convert them into paying clients? Well, the first thing we need to do on the conversation is introduce ourselves. You're literally a random stranger on the internet to them. Now if you have some content out on social media, that's gonna be even better because they might have seen it beforehand, right? If you have some content out, I'd recommend emailing them, it to them beforehand so they can click on your YouTube channel and see how many subscribers you have. Now, my coding competition business, the Usical one, that channel has about 3,000 3, subscribers at this point in time. My AI channel is brand new. it's literally the second video that's going on on this channel. So it is nowhere near 3,000 or anything like that. So for my old channel with 3,000 subscribers and a bunch of videos, I would send them videos from that channel. So they would see how many subscribers I have. So they would see my content. They would get some credibility there. If you can send them anything that boosts your credibility off the bat, that would be great. And so when you get on the call with them, you'd be a little bit less of a stranger. Now, if you cannot send them something that'll boost your credibility, like social media content or anything, what you can do is film a quick video of yourself talking to them. You want them to know what's specifically customized for them, because that will build that credibility and repertoire between the two of you. Now, obviously, you can just have some online AI dump thing clone your voice or clone your face um, and make that for you. But if you don't want to do that you can just film it yourself it doesn't take too long and film a quick video specifically addressing them now this will help them build repertoire this will help them this will help you guys connect a little more before the call and it'll help get that trust so in the beginning you're still going to introduce yourself and have a little bit back and forth just so they feel a little more comfortable with you just so you can break the ice a little bit okay that was step one we're going to break the ice right and it's a little bit on the call the majority of it comes before the call, right? Contacting them, sending them um, social media posts or something you think are relevant to them. YouTube videos are a great one for that. And also, and if you don't have that, then sending them a personalized video or something of the sort. Now, step two is gonna be asking about their different pain points. So, you know, when you introduce yourself, right after that, at the end of that, ask them where they are, where they wanna go. So for a business thing, they'll be like, oh, well, I'm at 10K a month in revenue and I wanna get to 50. Like, all right, perfect. What are like the main three things holding you back? So you ask for the main three things. And then they're gonna list out their main three things to you. Now you're gonna use them. So we're gonna say, okay, for item number one. And you can write these three items down because you don't wanna forget them throughout the call. So Write them down if you need to, but do not forget them. So you go, okay, item one. And then you have you ask about more, then you ask more in-depth questions about it. So now instead of having a long list of 20 boring questions, you just ask about their three pain points. For each of these, you follow up and have a super in-depth conversation about it. So you go pain point one, you get their, all their details. Same with pain point two and pain point three. This is a better way to do exploration than asking a pre-written list of 20 questions because it's specific to them and they will feel listened and heard. They know when you're just reading off a list of inscriptive questions and they know when you're engaging with them. All right, that is step two. Now, step three, what we're going to do is for, for each of those pain points, at the end of those, we asked about pain one in depth. you are gonna super in-depth thing. Then we're going to follow them up with a previous client that you had, that ex- had that exact same pain point and that solved the problem and got her stopped. So you're adding a case study there. You say, I have a client named Bob. Bob had the pain of blah, 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 blah. And you explain their pain points in detail in their own words, which is a super important part, because then they'll feel like they're going to relate to this client, Bob. So, okay, Bob, Bob had this exact same pain point You explain it in depth in their own words, and then Bob did a blank. This is gonna be the name of your framework. You wanna talk about the what and not the how. So you don't wanna say how Bob solved the problem, you wanna say what Bob did to solve the problem. So I might say, hey, Bob was at 10K a month. He couldn't figure out how to get more leads. He then added an AI lead generation bot. He was able to go from converting 10% of his website viewers to leads to converting 30% of his website viewers to leads, which caught him a lot more booked calls. He then got 30K months and he was able to close more Maybe he even got 50K months. So anyways, you talk about the person's name, so use the name of your actual client to face the same problem, the problem that they face, describing in depth, the name of the framework, so the what, and not the how, and then the person's result. So you have those four things. And then you ask the client, do you feel like if you also had, insert name of framework, you could also receive this great result? And they'll say yes, and you're like, great. And then you say, okay, why do you think that would help you? And so you get them to really think about it. Because if you ask them, do you think they're able to receive this result? They're just going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah without really thinking about it. People just naturally are gonna respond, yes. You want them to go in depth into why they think that they can receive that result too, using the same framework. So you do that for pain point one, then two, then three. So you ask about the pain point in depth, then you tell the case study, the second pain point in depth, case study, third pain point in depth, case study. Okay, so that's sort of the first three parts to, three steps to our sales call, right? The fourth step is we're gonna do the same thing, but we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna talk about the future vision. So we're gonna ask them, how would your life change if you received this result? Top three things that will change in their life. And then we do the exact same thing for each of those two things. We're gonna get them to describe it in detail by asking follow-up questions. So they're really visualizing that future that they want. Then we're gonna tell a case study of someone we had who wanted that same result, used our framework, got that result. Then second, second thing they want, get a super in-depth vision of what they want, right? Get their vision. Then case study. And third thing, case study. Alright, so those are our first four things. Then fifth, we are gonna drop the offer. So we drop the offer, we explain what our offer is, and then we ask them if they have any questions about it. They'll ask whatever questions they have, and then we drop the price. So we first answer any questions about the offer before we drop the price, but we wanna be dropping the price ourselves and not waiting for them to ask for the price. So we make sure we're dropping the price ourselves. It puts us in a little bit more control because when they ask about the price, Then it sort of shifts to where they're sort of in control of the conversation and we want to remain in control of the conversation. So we drop the price. Now, once we drop all this offer and everything, um, we're going to go into a bonus step six. And a bonus step six is going to be objection handling. And the reason it's its own bonus step is because objection handling is a whole complicated thing in itself. I'll probably film a different video about it at a later point. But for right now, here's what you need to know about objection handling. Tell me more about that. That should be your general sentiment. So if they're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure if AI is going to work on my website. I'm like, oh, okay, tell me more about that. What parts of AI are you concerned won't work on your website? And it's not, okay, tell, tell me more about that. Like, what parts of AI are not going to work on your website? You feel the difference in tone there? Our tone should be inquisitive, like we're trying to learn more. And we are trying to learn more, right? That's legitimately what we're trying to do. We're trying to learn more about what they're thinking so that we can help them overcome those objections. And keep in mind, we're helping them overcome those objections. We're not overcoming them. We're helping them overcome them. So you ask that inquisitive question, you get the answer. And then we're going to ask them again. Then we're like, all right, great. So are we ready to move forward now? If they might have another objection. So we handle the same objection, the exact same way. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, can you tell me more about that? And then same thing. that? And then we handle that objection. Then we say, all right, so are we good to move forward? And we keep going through all their objections. Now, a couple of objections you might come up with. Come across is, I don't have enough money. I'm like, okay, tell me more about that. What's your budget for growth? they are be like, oh, it's $1,000 and this is, you know, $5,000. Might be like, oh, okay, $1,000 per month, $1,000 per year, like $1,000 per what? Like, oh, $1,000 per month? You say, okay, well, how about a payment plan where you pay $1,000 upfront and then for the next six months, you only pay based on a percentage of sales that the new bot gets you. Or we could do $1,000 a month for three months, so 3,000 in total, plus you only pay over that three month period for a percentage of sales that the new AI bot gets you. And then they might be like, huh, okay, well, that fits a lot better in their budget. Now, obviously you are taking more risk in that scenario because you know, your AI bot must perform there, right? Um, but you should be confident enough in your products to offer something like that. And in fact, you should be so confident in your products that something like that actually makes you more revenue than the original payment. So you can offer something like that, and I have closed a lot of sales offering products like that, right? For my original coding competition business, I was talking to someone who was really interested, but they weren't sure if they were going to stick with it for the long run. And I said, okay, what if we do three payments? And the first payment we'll pay today just to get you started. We'll do one payment every month. So in one month we'll do the second payment, in two months we'll do the third payment. But if at any time you don't want to continue, just email me and we'll cancel all future payments. So now they're really only committing to a third of the program instead of the entire program upfront. If their objection is the initial commitment, then reducing the initial commitment can really help them overcome that objection. But if their objection is that it doesn't fit in their marketing budget, you want a different way to overcome that objection, a different way to tweak your offer to overcome that objection. So just being able to tweak your offer to overcome the different objections is super critical here. So that's how you overcome objections. Now, if you really are not able to overcome, I mean all of the objections, you really have two options. So if you're just starting out, chances are you're just not overcoming all the objections. They may still be interested, but they just haven't signed up yet. In that case, schedule a follow-up call with them in one day where they can think about it because the biggest objection is I need to think about it. You overcome that, be like, okay, tell me more about that. What do you need? What parts do you think about? It's like, yeah. Do you think this part will help your business? They're like, yeah. What about this part? It's like, okay. You think all these parts will help your business. Do you think it's worth the price? You just keep talking to all the different parts, like what parts do you think about? But anyways, let's say you're a beginner and they say you need to think about it and you're unable to overcome that objection. Schedule a follow up call with them the next day. Now schedule that call while you still have them on the call. Do not let them go without scheduling that follow up. You could have a follow up call with them the next day and on that call you close and you collect the payment. If you do not have a follow up call, they could have objections that they just aren't able to discuss with you about and then you lose the sale schedule that follow-up call. Now, if you're pretty good at sales, um, then you can be fairly certain that if they don't make the payment on the call, they're actually not interested, depending on your sales process, right? Sometimes it might be a one-call close, sometimes it be like a two-call close. But for most sales processes, which are one-call close, if they don't make the payment on the call, they're not super interested or they need to talk to their business partners. So, so if, not, if you think they're not interested, that's cool. Now, if you're experienced but they need to talk to their business partners or something like that, that may be a legitimate reason, right? And in that case, just schedule a follow-up call. Um, so if you're experienced, use your judgment think you need to either talk to their business partners or talk to their spouse or someone, or if the problem is that they are just as interested as you thought they were. Um, and depending on those students, how do you schedule the follow-up call or not? Okay, so we went over the four things you need before taking your first sales call, and we went over the five steps to taking a full sales call, plus a mm-hmm. bonus six step. I hope you enjoy this video. Go out there and start making sales. Now you can learn all the information you want about making sales. Like there's a bunch of information in this video, but you're gonna get the most out of it if you just start taking sales calls. Take 10 sales calls, then learn more. Then 10, then more. And keep taking sales calls. And the reason I say that is because you're not gonna learn just by watching videos. You're gonna learn more by doing sales than you are by watching videos. So go out there and do some sales. And I'll see you next day later. Bye.